Hello, and welcome back to the Claim the Stage podcast, episode 97, blowing my mind. <laughs> if this is your first time here, I'm Angela Lucier, and I am your host, and I'm also an author, a speaker, and the CEO and founder of the Speaker Sisterhood, which is a network of public speaking clubs for women. You can find us at speakersisterhood.com. And the Claim the Stage podcast is a podcast for women who are interested in discovering, awakening, and creating their voice through the art of public speaking. And this podcast goes into all sorts of subjects surrounding that topic. And today's episode is no different. I'm talking with Julie Kratz, who is this incredible and interesting woman who has had a pivot point in her career that has taken her down a different path. And she has now written a book that has helped is helping women to connect with male allies. And so today's episode, The Value of Male Allies, will help us to understand why it's important to not only have women in your corner, but to also have men and the value they can bring to helping you accomplish your goals, to thinking differently about the problems you're solving, and maybe to even think bigger about your future and your vision and what you're trying to accomplish. So I love the, the story she shares. I love the advice she offers. It's very actionable. It's, it's simple. And my goal here is to help you think a little differently about where you're seeking out your mentors and your support systems as you build a speaking business, as you, you know, start to speak up more at work, as you start to build your company, whatever you're doing. The more people we can have in our corner with more diverse thinking and more experiences will help us to, you know, accomplish more. And so that's today's episode. It's a little different than many of the other episodes, but I think it's an important conversation to have, and I'm excited to welcome Julie. So without further ado, my interview with Julie Kratz. Welcome, everyone, to Clean the Stage podcast. I'm very excited about today's guest. I'm welcoming Julie Kratz, who (laughs) is a highly acclaimed leadership trainer who led teams and produced results in corporate America for nearly two decades. And after experiencing her own career pivot point, Julie developed a process to help women leaders create their winning career game plan. Julie is a frequent keynote speaker and executive coach, and she holds an MBA from the Kelly School of Business at Indiana University. She's a certified master coach, and she holds a certification in unconscious bias. Julie is the author of Pivot Point, How to Build a Winning Career Game Plan, and One, How Male Allies Support Women for Gender Equality. You can find out more about her at nextpivotpoint.com. And today we're talking about the value of male allies. And this is an important subject. It's one that we've never really covered on the podcast, but I think it's really critical, especially for women who want to move up the ladder. They want to build success, build visibility in the workplace and outside to find more speaking engagements. It's always good to have a team of supporters around you. And why not have a team of males and females? So today (laughs) I'm going to welcome Julie to the show. And for everyone watching on Facebook, if you have any questions for Julie, you can post them in the comment box and I will be sure to get to them at the end. So hello, everybody who's there today. And Julie, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, this is great. I'm really excited about this subject. I'm excited to learn more about you and learn more about how you got into this and also what it's all about. So let's just start with your story. How did you get into this field? It's- oh, my God. 
Well, you know, in reflection, I've always had these amazing male allies around me in my career. And um, I think it was, gosh, about two years ago, being a student and a studier and, you know, teaching and speaking about women in leadership, it kept coming back to something about the importance of getting men involved in the conversation. And, you know, I remember looking around uh, at a women's conference and uh, seeing more and more men coming to these conferences. And what they told me, you know, I'd say, well, why, why are you here? You know, it's about women, right? And that what they told me is, you know, I'm excited about this topic too. This is something I'm passionate about. This is something I think is just what's right um, for humanity. And um, I really felt compelled to study and research allies and what it means to be an ally and how to engage allies as women. So can you give us your definition of an ally? Yeah. So an ally can serve a lot of different roles. An ally can be a coach. It could be a mentor. It could be a peer. It could be a leader. It could be a sponsor. Um, it really, what an ally does is serve the role best suited for the woman. And that may be a woman might need a mentor at this point in her career. That might mean she just needs simply an advocate when she's not in the room to help communicate what she wants for her career and to help be her voice. Maybe somebody that kind of propels and champions her. Um, but what's most important at the, the role is really what's best suited for the woman. How do, how do they determine that? Is that a conversation or are there tools or steps that need to be taken in order for someone to, to be a helpful ally? Yeah, you know, often what our male allies have shared with me is that they saw something in her she had yet to see in herself and kind of took it upon themselves to step in and help but not in a way that's like put on my rescue cape and like come in and save the day. It's really more of somebody that stands alongside her and helps support her. And, and what I found to get that conversation started is that women really do need to kind of reach out and engage men and ask them like, say, Hey, you know, I really want to be on this project team, but I'm not seeing my name, you know, being thrown in the hat for that. Is that something you could help me with? Or Conversely, for men, if you see somebody that's super awesome and that you see her potential, take it upon yourself to speak up or maybe ask her a few questions like, hey, what's it like to be a woman at an organization? How could I support you? What's, some, what's one thing we could do to make things easier for you? What I found is that our allies are really inquisitive and they're really good listeners. I feel like tone is critical in that conversation. But that question, <laughs> what is it like to be a woman in this organization, could be taken probably 20,000 different ways. <laughs> yeah, you, no, you're right. And that's when I usually get like the wild eyes from men like, oh my gosh, you want me to ask what? <laughs> <laughs> it's just opening a can of worms. But often men that take me take it upon themselves to ask that question, they say that they learn more in 10 minutes than they do from a woman they've worked alongside with for years than they ever did, you know, in any other conversation. So I think as women really engaging them and enlightening them because they don't know, right? A lot of times we don't know what we don't know. And so how can we know that we're maybe being treated differently or overlooked for things or, you know, being interrupted, all of those things tend to affect women more so than men in the workplace. And so when we enlighten them and help educate them on that, and more importantly, ask, show them how that they can support us. Oh my gosh, it's so powerful. And you will get so much engagement from men in that conversation um, when it's had in the right tone. You're right. <laughs> what would you say is the benefit of having a male ally versus a female ally? Like what's the point or why would you encourage that? Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, first of all, there aren't as many female at the higher ranks of leadership, right? As men. Okay. So you have the power dynamic. Um, you also have somebody that's likely to be able to open more doors for you. Um, they may be able to be your voice when you're not there at more. So being in more senior leadership roles. However, that doesn't mean that we want to leave our female allies behind. We probably need a lot more of those too. But what I found is when we engage men, um, in that conversation and we show them how that they can help really so many things can open open up just by um, not thinking you have to have a female mentor as a woman. You know, even the word mentor has the word men in it. <laughs> you think about it that way. I asked this question at a, a recent conference I was facilitating. We did a live poll exercise. So many men said that they had been mentored by men but very few had been mentored by women. Conversely, so many women said that they had been mentored by men. And, and so I think there's still this kind of gender dynamic at play where we want to surround ourselves with people that seem or look the same as us. But gosh, what can happen in that powerful cross-gender dynamic where we're kind of a yin-yang effect and we can help each other? Oh, it's usually such a, a more richer dialogue. Yeah, I found I became a much better negotiator by working with men <laughs> on the subject. Because it's almost like most, like the guys that I was talking to felt like, yeah, why wouldn't they give me what I'm asking for? Right. And I'm like, why would they? <laughs> and it's really like, helpful. what's the worst that could happen, Julie? And I'm like, that's a really good point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was just working with one of my male allies. We're prepping for a talk next week and we're co-presenting together. And I said, hey, at the end, you be really good to do the call of call to action, right? To, you know, kind of stimulate more interest in the topic and maybe get um, them to work more with us. And he said, oh yeah, I'll be great at that. <laughs> Just right from the get-go, he was ready to step into negotiation. And he said, he's like, are you having this conversation in your organization? If not, you're missing out. You need to talk to us. I was like, that's brilliant. Why haven't I thought of that? Yeah. <laughs> Can you share a few tips to help women and men who want to work together successfully? Yeah, yeah. So um, in our research um, and in our book, One, How, How Male Allies Support Women for Gender Equality, we really found four key things. And we have the female perspective and a male perspective. And what I found to be most helpful um, for women is we need to start the dialogue with the with them, right? What's in it for men, why this is important for our organization. And a lot of people don't realize that the data points to a higher profitability rate associated with gender balanced leadership teams. It's 21% higher, in fact, by McKinsey. And the other data point that I think is really interesting to share um, as women calling for more allies is that Boston Consulting Group did a study. When you involve men in the discussion for a women's initiative, it's three times more likely to be successful. And so I think those two talking points paired together work really nicely to engage men in the conversation. Like here, here's why we're all going to benefit together. And here's specifically why we need more men. Um, on the flip side of that, from a male perspective, empathy. It's so important that we start the conversation from a place of empathy. To your point about tone, to come across as like, oh, wow, that's really awful for you. You know, <laughs> it's not going to go well. Yeah. <laughs> Good empathizers ask questions, good empathizers listen, right? And that's probably the number one trait we found of our allies is that they, they don't pretend to know what it's like to be a woman. They don't say, I have a daughter. I'm really passionate about this. That's why I care. You know, they step into it and they're uncomfortable, right? They, they, 
they're okay with that discomfort. It's not going to be a comfortable conversation, but it's one that you can have by practicing empathy. Um, the second key piece is storytelling. You know, as women, I, I, I challenge us to know our story, own your story. You know, where have you been? Where are you going? If you can't articulate where you want to go, how is anyone going to help you get there? Right? And men seem to have no problem doing this. Like, oh, I want to, I want to do that. I want that promotion. I want this, you know, like we were just talking about, right? They, they advocate for themselves a lot more easily than women. And that's why the third key piece around speaking up together with each other. And, and we can really amplify the voices of women when we have more men, um, supplying, you know, information and helping in those conversations where they're not at. Um, one, one really big thing and probably the most popular thing from any talk we give on this subject is about this term called appropriating. we found in the research. You know, it could be manslating, it could be interrupting, calling out um, bad behavior, essentially, that's not helpful for women. And as allies, just saying something like, hey, she was still sharing an idea, let's go back to her. Or hey, um, I happen to notice she had that idea five minutes ago. Can we go back to who was originally sharing that? that? That's so helpful that our allies are willing to step into that discomfort and call out behavior in a positive way. And it can change the complete tone of an organization where you're calling out and are aware of those types of behaviors. And I think as women, we have to be comfortable calling out a little bit ourselves. You know, I had a, a good friend of mine that chose to talk to her boss about being interrupted. You know, and she realized after reading the book that he was interrupting her and he wasn't getting the best ideas from her. And so he, she had, she stepped into it and had that conversation side by side. They were walking together and he said, she said, I got to tell you something. It's not easy for me to say this, but I trust you and I want our relationship to be better. You interrupt me. <laughs> you know? and he would think, oh, wow, you know, there's a power dynamic there. It's going to be uncomfortable. But after about 10 seconds of him thinking about it, he said, well, why haven't you told me about that before? Wow. <laughs> and then he was able to recognize that the next time he did, he was like, oh, wait, wait, am I doing it right now? That I was sharing my idea. And she's like, yeah, but I was too. <laughs> I love that opening to the conversation. I trust you and I want our relationship to be better. I mean, no matter what she says after that, it's going to be positive, right? That's like, it's just really no. like so warm. <laughs> positive intent, right? She knew that he was a good guy. She knew that he cared. So she started with positive intent in a very genuine, authentic way. And most people aren't going to respond negatively to that. I think sometimes we think that it has to be this like sit down chat and all uncomfortable and like we have to tackle all these tough issues together. When you have a candid dialogue about, hey, we have a good working relationship. I just want it to be better. Yeah, it's like a a great intention. I want to get that tattooed on my arm for every conversation. It's just like, it's such a great tone setter. I want to go back to something you said a minute ago. So some ways that men and women can work together successfully is to start with empathy, to storytell and to call, to call out when we see someone who's not um, getting their, getting attention or respect. When you said that when you add men to a, a, a team, mostly made up of women, it's more successful. Do you have any research on why that, that is? Yeah. I mean, so what's really interesting about this, I actually met um, Boston Consulting Group's team that does this research a couple weeks ago at an event. And they shared with me is when you have, and this makes a lot of sense, when you have women in the room with other women talking about women's issues, 
what tends to happen is we tend to focus on the negative behaviors, right? That we just want to wave our magic wand and change. We don't tend to focus as much on how to resolve those issues. So when you have a good cross-gender pairing, when you have men and women together talking about it, you get more into like a problem-solving mode. What the research shows is that we tend to have better rates. The more balance you have, so this isn't about having more women. This isn't about having more men. It's about having more of a balance. When you have more of a balance at the decision-making table, you have better ideas, right? You have that convergent thinking that helps to promote different types of ideas, different types of decisions. You're much more likely also in a business setting to be more aligned with your consumer base, right? Because you, you have a mixed consumer base. A lot of times it's a little bit more skewed female in most cases, but you get better business outcomes right when you partner together because everyone that if you all look the same and have the same values and think the same, what do you get? You get the same ideas, right? Yeah. So we need each other to be successful. I love that. What kind of uh, results can women hope to see by following your advice? Uh, well, I think first and foremost, I think, um, like you said, negotiation, being able to speak up and successfully kind of own your career and being able to ask for things you may not have felt comfortable asking before. I will tell you, as I've engaged allies in my career, oh my gosh, I mean, as they've gone to bat for me, I'm like, I got to go to bat for myself. <laughs> or they help me prep for conversations, tough conversations that I feel so much more confident, so much more composed having have better results from those conversations. Um, and I think, you know, as we partner with um, more of our allies, whether those are men or women inside our organization, that relationship building that happens from having more mentors, having more sponsors, having more advocates, and you're much more likely to get promoted or to just get into a position you're much more likely to succeed in when people know what you want and you have a plan to get there. Mm -hmm. So it's really self-advocacy and, and having having people around you, having a tribe of people around you that are willing to also advocate for you. Uh, what the research shows too is women are much less likely to have mentors or sponsors than men. Yeah, and mentors are so critical. And I noticed that the most successful I've ever been working with a mentor is when I knew upfront exactly what my goal was in working with that person. So would you mm -hmm. recommend the same thing when seeking out an ally to know what your, your goals are and how mm -hmm. that person might be able to help you? Yeah, the fit is really important. And I, so, so I think if you look around and see somebody that's somewhere you want to be someday, somebody that you want to be more like, right? Bringing them into your circle and saying, hey, here's why I recognize that you are awesome because you do A, B, and C. I'd love for you to help me with A, B, and C, right? And so finding people that are the right fit, that doesn't mean they're like you. A lot of times it's people that have attributes you may not have, right? But the more you surround yourself with people, it can help rub off on you if you're looking to skill build in a certain area. Um, but it's absolutely important that you establish some kind of rules of the game up front too. Yeah. You know, I have a mentor, I have a mentor that's a man and a, and a woman. So I have, I have both. And I will say the woman, you know, she actually, as I asked her to be my mentor, she, she turned me down a couple of times. <laughs> and then when I said, Hey, she said she didn't have enough time. Right. And so I said, okay, I'm going to come with my numbers every month. I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to bring you a beer <laughs> and we're going to have this kind of conversation and I'm going to have you review something that I'm working on. And she said, all right, we'll try it once. And then at the end of the first conversation, she said, all right, we can do this again. 
But she said, it's because I valued her time, I was prepared, and I'm giving back to her in facilitating new connections for her. So it's not all about me. I'm also helping her learn and get more connected. Now, when I contrast that with my male ally, that's one of my mentors, it's kind of like a spot check kind of thing. It is usually with negotiation, usually with a new sales opportunity. I'll call JT and I'll be like, okay, this is the scenario. I'll give him like a five minute download and he'll say, okay, Julie, have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? This is something you might consider. And he really expands my thinking so much because I was just thinking about it like this, but he gets me to broaden my thinking. And so diff- having different people that can surround you and bring different aspects to you to help fill in your own weaknesses. Um, I, I think it's just important to think about as allies. Yeah, and you can determine the type of time commitment, right, with them. It doesn't have to be a two-hour phone call once a week. It could right. be a half-hour conversation once a month. Right. That's and I think that's what prevents us sometimes from asking. It's like, oh, they don't have enough time. Usually the people you want support of are busy people. Um, but when you value your time and you are very diligent with how you want to spend it to them, and like I said, establish kind of the parameters of the relationship up front, who's going to say no to that? Yeah. The research shows the mentors actually get a lot more benefit than men- mentees do, right? Because it's, you learn so much from that reverse kind of mentorship relationship. Like, whoa, I hadn't thought about it that way. And it feels really good to give and and to help and support. Yeah. So you wrote the book, One, How Male Allies Support Women for Gender Equality. Can you share two of the key points from the book? Yeah, I would say, I mean, in in addition to what we've shared today, um, I I think now is really the time to get men involved in the conversation. You know, we're we're seven months now post Me Too. And what the research is showing is that men are retreating from the dialogue. And I just simply don't think we can have that, right? We need now more than ever to have allies out there helping support us. And so really helping create a safe place for this dialogue. What I found is the feedback I've gotten since publishing the book and since having this talk all over the country has been, wow, that I thought that was going to be an uncomfortable conversation. It was really about as comfortable as it could be. Still not totally comfortable, but we can do this together. It is possible. We don't need to retreat from this conversation. We need to step into it because we're probably going to lose more women um, and lose more talent right? That, why would we accept that um, to be true? So now is the time, um, and it really is kind of a call to action to our allies to step into this. Um, and then the second key piece of this, I think, is that there's, I, I usually call it like a, a normal bell curve, right? Where we have our allies on one end, we have our non-allies on one end, and then this great, great opportunity in the middle of all these, I call them men on the fringe in between, that want to be an ally but don't know how, um, I'm finding that I'm more and more rooms with the allies, which is great, but I'm kind of preaching to the choir, right? The non-male allies, we're probably not going to go there yet, right? But the men on the fringe, I really think that's a key learning that we can really help and, and cultivate um, a place where they can step into this in a way that feels comfortable to them, right? And so we've got to meet men where they're at. You know, a lot of times I'll have women say like, oh, no, I don't have any allies in my organization. My, my organization's all white male dominated. I'm never going to move up. Well, that kind of thinking is right, just reinforcing that the same behavior to happen in the future as it has today. Why can't we change that to be one of, hey, 
I know that you don't get it. That's okay, right? Or, hey, I'll help you understand how this goes, right? Let's just have kind of a teachable moment where we can extend our hand. And if, because we're waiting for them to say and do the right things perfectly, we're going to be waiting a really long time. Yeah. So you said that we identify people who are on the fringe. How do you know if they're on the fringe? <laughs> Ah, well, if you get a body language, if you start talking about anything to do with like women's issues or challenges, like you'll get like, oh, like in the wide, I'm moving backwards. <laughs> right, right. Okay. That's, that's very helpful. But it's not that they don't want to, they're just scared of saying or doing the wrong thing. And it's usually with um, positive intention. You know, we talked about that before with women having positive intent. Well, as allies, I think they have positive intent. They don't mean to say or do the wrong thing. They just need to be educated on what the right thing looks like. They probably haven't seen it modeled that much for them. Um, and so getting, finding good allies out there that are already doing some of this behavior, maybe using them as kind of a model. Hey, did you see so-and-so? He did this at the meeting or you see so-and-so is mentoring so-and-so. That's awesome. Right. And I think when they get ideas in their head like that and they see what good looks like, it's like, hmm, I could do a little bit of that. Um, I've also encouraged the other thing um, for women's conferences invite an ally. So I'm doing a women's conference tomorrow that would normally just be women in the room, but we're calling it invite an ally day. And so women are actually extending a hand directly inviting an ally and recognizing an ally that they have had. Hmm. Right. And so that's going to create a very safe place for men to co-support the conversation because I think they would otherwise think they weren't supposed to be there. Yeah, definitely. When they're personally invited and recognized, like, hmm, I could do that. Yeah. I love that idea. If you could give just one piece of advice to my listeners that they could do today to be more successful working together, what would you tell them to do? Ah, that is such a, I wish there was like one simple magic bullet answer, but if I had to pick one, um, I would say if you don't have an ally, seek one out right? So think about what gap you have, right? Do you have a mentor? Do you not have a sponsor? Whatever. Do you have someone advocating for you? If not, think about who would be a good fit for you. Think about somebody you have a natural rapport with. Think about somebody that's strong in an area. You're not strong. Somebody that could help you <laughs> and, and simply ask them and tell them why and tell them what that would look like. Now, from a male perspective, I would say lean in a little bit. You know, I, um, I just had a breakfast with a gentleman that has a shirt that says, I'm comfortable being uncomfortable. <laughs> I love it. He also has a male ally t-shirt that I have given him. <laughs> but it has to be said about this. This is not comfortable, right? Just be comfortable being a little uncomfortable mm-hmm. and recognize there's so much we could gain by partnering together. I mean, I have literally had men in the audience at events I've done like um, tears in their eyes about, oh my gosh, I, I had no idea that I could help. And I feel so much better now knowing that there's something I can do about this. I don't have to sit on the sidelines anymore. You don't. Now is the time to step into this. We, and we want you to. We want you to be a part of this conversation. I love that. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we move on to the lightning round? Oh, I'm excited <laughs> for the lightning round. Me too. <laughs> Well, I want to invite everyone watching on Facebook right now to ask Julie a question. We, after I finish these last few questions, I will come back and check to see if there are any in the comment box. So lightning round questions I ask every guest. Number one, if you were given an extra $100 per week, what would you do with it? 
Uh, I would buy books. <laughs> you know, that sounds really geeky, but my Amazon bill is out of control. And so I would add it to my queue for Audible and for books because I'm constantly getting asked, have you read this book? Or, oh my gosh, have you seen this? Um, so my book spending habit, that could help curb it a little bit. <laughs> Number two, what is your favorite word and what does it taste like? Ooh, um, I, you know, I mean, the word I've been saying and hashtagging more than anything is ally. I mean, I really, I really do believe in the importance of it and spreading the word about what, what it looks like and why it's important. Um, it tastes, it tastes elusive somehow. I, I literally have conversations with people. They're like, I don't know if we're ready to talk about this in my organization. I'm like, oh my gosh, right? <laughs> it feels like I'm early to a party somehow. Mm. <laughs> so I wish it was a word that rolled off people's tongues more easily. Yeah. Hmm. Number three, what does it mean to you to claim the stage? Uh, to create positive impact. Um, when I have, after I'm with a group and I have someone come up to me and say, hey, I, I've got an ally out there I've never recognized. I, I sent him a copy of your book. You know, there's nothing more... Um, touching to me than somebody that's able to do something positive with some of these principles. And so really having the opportunity to have a stage for positive impact and in, in, in an area that I felt passionate about since I was a little girl, I really think that this is the work that I'm meant to do and it's my calling and um, to see it resonate with people. It's just like, wow, I get to do this. Can't believe it. Yeah. I love that. Uh, tell us more about your book and where we can get it. So it's on Amazon. That's probably the easiest way to find it. If you just type in one O-N-E and Julie Kratz, it should pop right up. And um, also check out our website, nextpivotpoint.com. We've got blogs, we've got videos. Um, we have um, actually a, a vault of materials where you can see the interviews behind the scenes for the book. And you can grab our mantra and our ally workbook is also available there. Oh, so in the book, they can expect to learn how to ask for help and how to work successfully with an ally or what are some, uh, can you kind of highlight some of the things that they'll get from the book? Yeah, well, so the book has all four key principles. It's got a lot of stories in there that will resonate. Um, and it has uh, key questions in each section for men and women. So it's a really great dialogue for a book club or if you already have a lunch and learn at your organization, you have the questions right there. Um, so you can kind of do chapter by chapter. It's a very kind of quick read, um, but I found if you can kind of laser in on, you know, maybe empathy or storytelling or what you think is a more important principle for your group and where it's at, and then ask some of those thought questions, you know, think about who would be a good fit as an ally. And then it gives you some guided questions on, on how to determine that fit and how to align your strengths with your ally. Great. And we'll put a link to your Amazon page and your website in the show notes so people can access that. Awesome. So Julie, thanks so much for coming on the show today and just kind of getting this conversation started and helping us to think a little bit differently about the people around us and how they can help us accomplish our goals. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me on. I, I love all the work that you're doing and uh, it's, it's wonderful to see great women out there doing some amazing things. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, there you have it. My interview with Julie Kratz. I hope you enjoyed our conversation and got something from it. 
I really love what she said about empathy. I loved what she said about starting that conversation with trust and building relationships. I loved what she said about storytelling. There's just so much packed into this episode. It's not just about allies and mentors, but it's about people helping people and starting conversations that might be uncomfortable, but that are important. And so I hope that you will think about this and maybe take one step to do something in this direction. So that's it for today, my friends. If you enjoyed today's episode, please think about leaving a review on iTunes. It takes about a minute and it's really helpful for other people who are looking for podcasts like mine. And if you have any ideas for upcoming guests or show topics or questions for an upcoming Q&A episode, you can always email me at Angela at speakersisterhood.com. So that does it for me today. As always, stop waiting, start creating. I'll see you next time.